Hi, welcome to the Mom Chief of Everything podcast with Dr. Jeanette DeWitt. This is the podcast where we talk about how to achieve time freedom and optimal health so you as a mom can reduce your risk of a health scare and create fun family memories without breaking the bank. I am your hostess, Dr. Jeanette DeWitt, owner of DeWitt Physical Therapy and Wellness, where I help moms and their families feel better faster in my office or through the online convenience of their smartphone. I am a married mom with two daughters. I am also a physical therapist, athletic trainer, and fitness nutrition coach. Before we start today's episode, I want to let you know about my free Facebook group called Mom COE. I do a live training in the group each week to empower moms and tackle the challenges we moms face every day. This group is where you can ask me questions personally and I will give you customized feedback. You can also find me on YouTube at my channel, Jeanette DeWitt, where I create videos to express gratitude, teach exercise tips, and discuss tips to relieve aches and pains. If you are interested in those, then request to join the Facebook group and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Let's get started with today's episode. Greetings, everyone. Today, I want to welcome Bethany Dilhoff to the Mom Chief of Everything podcast. Bethany is a private attorney who specializes in helping moms and dads create trust accounts and plan their estates to protect their family. Bethany, can you get us started today by sharing a bit about yourself and why you are so passionate about what you do? Well, hi, Jeanette. Um, thank you for asking me to be on today. Um, I, first of all, am a mom. I have four biological children and one foster child. Uh, my husband is a lieutenant with the Kenosha Police Department, and I am a part-time attorney working in private practice. I started my own practice about three years ago, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, so I guess I just became an attorney because I wanted to help people in a field that's intellectually stimulating. Um, I do like to argue, but I also like to mediate, so this seemed like a good fit. Awesome. With your experience as an attorney, can you share the difference between setting up a trust and or establishing an estate plan? Sure. Um, So an estate plan determines what happens when you die. Um, It sets out how you want your property to be distributed, um, who you want to be in charge of distributing your property, and if you have minor children, who you want them to live with and who should manage their inheritance while they are still minors. Um, A trust can be part of the estate plan or you can have an estate plan without one. A trust can be a living trust as opposed to one created at your death. A living trust is something that's created during your lifetime, um, and people create these trusts for a variety of reasons. Um, Some common ones are they make it so your assets avoid probate and will go to your loved ones without the time and expense of probate court. Um, They allow for more privacy. Um, Court proceedings are public records, so if you're avoiding probate, you can keep some of that privacy. A trust can also designate someone to manage your assets when you're no longer able to do so. So if you become incapacitated during your lifetime, it's a fairly easy transition if you already have a trust set up. Um, And it gives you a greater measure of control if you wanna provide for someone after your death who might need help managing their finances. For example, if you have um, an adult child who struggles with an addiction, or um, if you have special needs children who may never be able to 
really provide for themselves a trust is one way to kind of make sure they're taken care of um, after you're gone. Great. Well, that kind of led into my, my next question about why it might be important to set up a trust. And you said that a trust doesn't have to be in an estate plan when, uh, if somebody has an estate plan, is the trust always in the estate plan or is it separated? No. So you can do, um, I frequently do estate plans without a trust. Um, it just, not everyone needs a trust. It really depends on what your goals are as far as managing your property and what you would like to happen at your death. Um, but it is important to have an estate plan and to, to lay out what you want to happen, both for your own peace of mind and for the loved ones you're leaving behind. There are just some scenarios where a trust may not be necessary. Okay, so what would be included? You, you kind of talked about the what you put in a trust and why you might use a trust. Um, when I think of trust, when I think of estate plans, when I think of how I want to make sure I designate things, it's not always financial. Um, if is there, you know, power of attorney designation? Is there what is that medical power of attorney? Is it financial power of attorney? Is this stuff included in that or is that separate? What about like living will? Is that in there as well? You know, what are your recommendations with that? So with a typical estate plan at a minimum, um, I highly recommend doing a last will and testament, doing the power of attorney for health care and a power of attorney for finances. So the, the will is where you set out guardians for your children um, and distributing your property and then you place, um, you designate a personal representative, the person that's in charge of that. The power of attorney forms, um, although they're part of the estate plan, they actually kick in while you're still alive. That's where you designate someone to handle your finances or make healthcare um, decisions for you in the event you become unable to make those decisions on your own. So those are the three documents at a minimum that I recommend that an estate plan have. Um, sometimes, many times people want to trust as well for some of the reasons that we discussed earlier. Um, and then sometimes people want a living will, which is sometimes called an advanced healthcare directive, um, which basically tells your physician um, your wishes as health treatment if you're in a persistent vegetative state, um, you know, kind of the do not resuscitate um, guidelines that you want your doctor to know. So those documents are commonly added to an estate plan. Got it. And, and that's really important. I mean, I'm sure you have stories, unfortunately, of people who do not have those in place. What happens when those, those things aren't in place? Um, in my areas of practice, so I, I don't um, typically take probate cases, but I do guardianships for elderly and disabled adults. And I, I remember having one case um, where a mother come came in and her adult son had gone in for something routine. It was like an appendectomy or something. Um, but it went really horribly wrong and he ended up in a coma. And um, because he's an adult, he has he had financial assets, he had a home. She wanted to be able to pay his mortgage and his bills while he's gone so he doesn't wake up from this coma and find out he's in foreclosure. She needed to move him to another medical facility, but she wasn't able to make those decisions um, because he did not have the healthcare power of attorney set up either. And so at that point, her option is to um, petition for adult guardianship, 
which takes a lot longer and is a lot more expensive um, than just having an attorney do these documents up front. And then obviously, if you're doing them, you're choosing, you're designating the people that you want to be in charge. If you don't do them and you wind up in this situation, other people are making those decisions as far as who wants to take over and who the judge is going to appoint. Wow, that sounds like a heartbreaking story because not only is the mom dealing with her son not being able to respond to her, but now she has all the legal and medical uh, logistics to navigate through. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, a situation like that, I think of an 18 year old who turns 18 and is in a car accident. He's now an adult. So right. it sounds like these things should be in place once somebody reaches the age of 18. I think the power of attorney forms definitely should be. Um, as far as the last will and testament or a trust, really um, a lot of times people can wait to say that. I know that sounds funny coming from an attorney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't have a will and you pass away, the Wisconsin rules of intestate succession kick in. And, and they do a pretty good job of kind of setting your property where most people would choose to send it anyway. You know, if you have a spouse, it goes to your spouse. If no spouse or children, it goes to your children. No spouse or children, it goes to your parents. You know, it, it does a pretty good job of designating where your property should go <clears throat> if you don't have a will. So mo most maybe 18, 19, 20-year-olds would be fine with that. They probably don't have a lot of assets once their bills are paid anyway. Um, but the power of attorney forms are pretty important no matter what your age. And certainly, once, even if you don't have a lot of assets, once you start having children, you really should do some of this planning because there are no rules of succession for guardianship. Um, you know, that's just totally up to the judge who doesn't know your friends or your family or your kids. They, they get to choose um, who's going to be the guardian for your children if you haven't designated that so um right i think I, yeah i think that's an important fact for for parents listening today is making sure if they don't have a designated person like a legal document designating who would um be the guardian for their children that that would be a first place to start i think absolutely yeah now are most states so for those who are listening and not residing in Wisconsin, are most states pretty similar or it really just varies by state by, by state? Um, to my knowledge, of, of, you know, I haven't looked it up for <laughs> all of the states, but um, <laughs> right. I went to law school in Illinois and um, Illinois was very similar. To my knowledge, most states, I mean, human beings are pretty typical as far as, um, you know, they're very close to their spouse and their children, parents and siblings usually come next. Um, so certainly, if you don't have a will, you do have property, and you want to leave all of your stuff to a friend or to a charity, um, that's not going to happen unless you have a legal document designating that. Um, but for most states, it, it follows a pattern very similar to that. Okay. So you mentioned at a, at a bare minimum for estate planning, what were the three documents, again, that people should have completed? A last will and testament, um, so that distributes your property and names guardians for your children. The healthcare power of attorney, 
and the healthcare or and the power of attorney for finances. Okay. And then certainly, you know, depending on your goals, adding a trust um, is pretty typical. And then a, a living will, that advanced healthcare directive are common documents to add to that. Great. And from a business perspective, I think, um, you know, for me personally, I know when we talked about it, like I have a, I have a personal business and I have the personal stuff with my family. So making sure things are separate um, in, in those documents is important uh, for yeah, anybody, yeah. if something would happen to me in regards to what happens with my business and what happens with, um, you know, my family. <laughs> so, so, you know, I think um, for anybody who might be listening in and works from home, has self-employed, um, those are things to be aware of as well. Um, can you, can, when, when a parent of small kids, they're designating things for their family, if they are not sure what their parents, the adult parents, uh, have in place, what type of steps or conversations can, you know, we as adults have with our aging parents when we don't know what they have in place and who might be um, be in control of assets or if their parent is suffering with starting to suffer with dementia or some other medical issues? What kind of conversations can we as adult children, I guess, have with our parents to make sure um, we're not like left in a state of confusion, so to speak, but if something would happen sooner than um, expected. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a good idea to ask your parents if they've done any estate planning, um, asking, certainly asking them if they have a healthcare power of attorney or who would be making the medical decisions if they're unable to. Um, I would definitely ask your parents if they have a special place that they keep important legal documents because, um, you know, going through all the trouble of creating them is only worth it if people can find them when they need them. Right. Um, and asking if they have a financial planner that they work with. Um, certainly these are not always fun conversations to have. Um, and a lot of parents don't always want to be forthcoming with this information, especially if you are not the person that they've designated to handle their health or their finances. Um, many parents that I've worked with are afraid of hurting their children's feelings, even adult you know, children, um, or feeling like they're playing favorites if they um, are choosing one person over another. So I would just make it clear when you're having these conversations that you understand um, and will respect their decisions. You simply want to make sure that um, your parents have put some thought into it and are preparing for the future. Um, you mentioned like early stages of dementia. So these documents can only be created by someone who is legally competent to create them. So they really have to understand what they're doing, what, um, what they're signing, the information that they're getting across in order for the, them to be legally effective. So if you have a history of dementia in your family or you're starting to see those signs um, and they wanna create these documents, they haven't done it, 
certainly sooner is much better than later because if they get to the point where they can't understand what they're signing or what they're doing, it, it's too late for estate planning. And then you're going to be looking at guardianship court um, and doing things the hard way. Got it. So it, mm -hmm. if someone ha already has an aging parent with dementia and these, and they're unaware of these things being in place, first they have to investigate if they are in place. And if they're not, then they have to go and seek to gain guardianship because the person is pronounced incompetent or unable to make decisions by themselves by a physician? Yes, yeah, so usually um, that, that's the first place you're gonna wanna stop if you're worried about um, whether or not they're competent to do this is their physician's office. Um, they, for guardianship court, you know, there's a medical document that must be completed by a doctor who's personally examined the person that, that they can kind of check the boxes saying, you know, they're not competent to make this type of decision or that type of decision. So um, most doctors are pretty familiar with what these forms look like. Um, mm -hmm. So that would need to be, they would need to be able to check the boxes saying that they can't make those decisions in order for you to get into guardianship court. So if they can't do that, usually you can feel pretty safe that um, your parent is still able to make those decisions. And certainly as attorneys, we have questions that we like to ask our clients um, when there's a question about competency that are you know, usually in a room by themselves, no help from adult children um, to, to make sure that we feel like our client is there of their own free will and they fully understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right, these, are, these are, can be tough conversations with parents who are aging. They can also be tough conversations for spouses, I think, too, if the plan is a little bit different between <laughs> each other. Sure. So, so in those situations, um, I think it's just really important to, for people to know in advance that what the documents are, and especially when it comes to like guardianship, making sure everybody's on the same page of younger children, um, if something would happen to both parents at the same time. So it sounds like you know, you've given so much information of where people can start and where, you know, whether they have young children, whether they have aging parents, the key is to make sure there's a bare minimum of a last will and testament, a power of attorney for medical, and a power of attorney for financial, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. This has been really, really informative. I think a lot of times, you know, people don't think things are gonna happen to them. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're, they're going about their busy lives and they don't always um, stop and get all the things necessary in place to, to be able to, you know, guide people in the event something would happen. So I appreciate you coming on today because I think these are some tough conversations that everybody's really comfortable having, especially if there's some family dynamics that, you know, there's some barriers there with conversations. But I think, you know, being matter of a fact or approaching, especially aging parents and not even saying, hey, I don't even care what's in the document, you just have something in place sounds like me might be a good conversation to start with so they don't feel pressured like you mentioned 
Yeah, or at least acknowledging that it is their decision to make um, and you want to be respectful because it that's a very difficult thing to be, especially with dementia and Alzheimer's, um, you know, to be losing, know that you're losing control um, and losing the ability to, to, you know, make an important adult decision that's very difficult for people. So um, certainly treating your parents with respect and acknowledging that it, it is them, they get to choose who they appoint for these things. You, you don't want to be arguing with siblings or anything about that. You, you, you just want to be respectful um, and acknowledge that this might be very difficult for them to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and it also sounds, I think it's kind of an eye opener too, because you don't think of the college student needing to have <laughs> the power of attorney papers in, right. in place in case something would happen to, to them as well. I know, you know, years ago when I was in high school, I mean, none of that was talked to. I think I first started hearing about trusts and estate planning when I was in my late 20s. And I think it was because my parents were actually being proactive and setting things up or revising something they already had in place. So sure. thank you. Oh, no, go ahead. No. <laughs> I just want to thank you again for coming on. I think this was just a wealth of information. And I appreciate you letting us know where to get started if, if people haven't gotten started already. And do you have any other comments that you would like to add? Um, I guess just that really when you, when you do this, you're doing it for the sake of the loved ones that you leave behind. It's not so much for you yourself, but um, the if you, any way that you can lessen the heavy impact of loss um, for your for your family and especially children, um, you know, we definitely want to be doing that for them. You want your kids to be going somewhere safe, somewhere that you know um, the transition would be as easy as possible in what's a horrible situation. So. Um, we don't create these documents as much for ourselves as we do for our, our families. So um, you just want to, you don't want to leave behind a lot of work and heartache for your loved ones. So preparing is good. Yes, I would, I would definitely agree to that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. That's going to be all for today. Until next time, be bold, be beautiful, be you. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of the Mom Chief of Everything podcast with Dr. Jeanette DeWitt. If you liked what you heard today and want to get more connected with other moms who are chief of everything, then please visit the Facebook group Mom COE to request to join. I would love to welcome you to an amazing group of moms just like you. You can also connect with me on YouTube by subscribing to my channel. Just search for Jeanette DeWitt. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be bold. Be beautiful be you.